Welcome to Here's to Your Health with Joshua Lane. Here's to Your Health discusses the current thinking and wellness, bringing you the most influential thinkers in beauty, fitness, and longevity. Your host, Joshua Lane, was part of the Dr. Ann Wigmore team that helped bring wheatgrass, sprouts, and raw foods to a worldwide audience. And now the host of Here's to Your Health, Joshua Lane. Welcome to this edition of Here's to Your Health. I'm your host, Josh Lane. And my guest is Ken Schwartz. And Ken is the CEO of a group called C60 Purple Power. And uh, C60 is being discussed now as a nutritional supplement. And it's uh, kind of being widely touted. Uh, I really have no background on C60. I do know that actually the official name is uh, Buckminster Fullerene, which is interesting because Buckminster Fuller was very well known for his geodesic domes and as a progressive thinker and architect. Uh, Ken Schwartz, welcome to Here's to Your Health. Oh, glad to be on. No, I'm very happy to have you on. I, I like discussing all the uh, factors of wellness, and obviously nutrition is very important. Ken, when did you discover the value of C60? I discovered it back in about 2014. I was running a uh, metal oxygen fusion reactor project. And I wanted to uh, find a little more protection for my crew and myself and most of the other people who'd been involved in this, uh, in this, in this type of research had uh, passed away. Oh. So I, I found this stuff called Carbon 60. And they, they gave it basically gave C60 to one set of rats. Then they had the control group. They exposed them to a fatal dose of radiation. And, uh, all the C60 rats lived, whereas the control rats all passed away. So after I learned about that, I uh, got some C60 for myself and my crew, and of course we're all still alive. So I guess it worked in that way. Wow. Actually, that was pretty dramatic. So, uh, Ken, so what kind of research were you working on when you discovered C60? Oh, it was metal oxygen fusion. It's a new type of fusion. And uh, we actually have working fusion reactors that we uh, that we've been giving away to to universities and governments. Okay, that actually that seems pretty important. Now, C sixty itself, when was that discovered? That was discovered in nineteen eighty five by Harry Croto, Richard Smalley, and Robert Curl, along with Sheen O'Brien and James Heath. Uh, and then the three, the first three got a Nobel Prize in 1996. The other two had passed away by then. And it was really hard to make, and we didn't really know much about it. So it wasn't until the early 2000s that they did safety studies. And and in the first tox- one of the first toxicity study, which is uh, the, the famous Botry study, C60 basically doubled the lifespan of chest animals by completely preventing the occurrence of cancers, cognitive decline, and other diseases associated with aging in rats. Wow. Wow. Our, our guest is Ken Schwartz, uh, who's the CEO of the C60 Purple Power. And we're talking about C60, uh, ca- also called Carbon 60. Uh, and again, the men, the scientists who dis- discovered it, uh, were awarded the Nobel Prize in Chemistry in 1996. So that seems uh, like good scientific validation. And Ken, what research do you have that supports the idea that C60 is good for human nutrition? Oh, there's dozens of studies on both human and uh, animals. And it's really not, it's a, really C60 is an antioxidant. It's uh, perhaps one of the most powerful antioxidants known. It's, uh, you know, flights inflation, supports 
immunity and increases energy and mental clarity, but it really has no toxicity at any level. I see. And so, so how do they synthesize it? I mean, now you, you sell it in a liquid form. Is that the preferred method of using it? Yeah, there's basically uh, C60 is made uh, the same way. Carbon 60, just for your listeners, imagine a, a molecule of 60 carbon atoms shaped like a little soccer ball. It's kind of hollow. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's made the same way they make it in giant red stars. It's made in giant red stars. They basically have two carbon rods in a helium atmosphere, and they run electrical current through them. And that, uh, and if you do it right, you can turn about 10% of the carbon into C60. And then, and then there's two methods of separating. And this is important for people to know. We use sublimation, which is a, uh, a, it's like a cousin of evaporation, where a solid turns into a gas, then back into a solid. And that's, and we also have 99.99% pure C60. Uh, there's a lot of C60 that's purified by solvent method, which is primarily methyl benzene a pretty toxic uh, industrial chemical. So you always want to get sublimated C60 if you're looking for a C60 product. Our guest is Ken Schwartz, who is the, I guess, the innovator behind the use of uh, carbon-60. And the men who discovered uh, carbon-60 were awarded the Nobel Prize in chemistry in 1996. So, Ken, now, the discussion, you you said that you do not use solvents, because solvents, I guess, what, they remain in the product and they could be problematic? Oh, absolutely, and uh, so that's so we just use sublimated C60. So that's what you want to look for. You know, it's really interesting about you know they named it Buckminster Fullerene. Yes, but one of the reasons was that is because Buckminster Fuller actually predicted that this molecule would be discovered oh. and it would have powerful health benefits. Wow, that's that's imp- I did that not know that. Two, that's impressive. Wow. Yeah, two decades before it was even discovered. Wow, and Ken, may I ask? So, what is your science background? I have a I have a master's in biogeochemistry. Mm-hmm. All right. And that's kind of how. And then I got into uh, it's basically planetary sciences sciences. Right. And uh, that's kind of a long thing how I got into running fusion reactor projects. So you work for the U.S. government, or you did? No, I, I am. Uh, we work for a private corporation. I see. I see. And on the C sixty, which really does sound so very uh, frankly important. What is the dose? Do I use a teaspoon a day with food? How do you suggest we use it? Yeah, it's, it's about a teaspoon uh, a day if your average weight and in, in your mid-ages, you know, 30 to 40. If you get up to my age and have a little gray hair, it's more like a tablespoon a day in the morning. All righty. And uh, may I ask, what is the taste? Oh, T60 doesn't have any taste. It's uh, basically, we put it in like the Goldilocks of oils. Mm-hmm. We have it in olive oil, uh, avocado oil, and MC2 coconut oil. They're all organic oils. And and so uh, you, I buy a bottle, and then I take a teaspoon or a tablespoon, depending on what I'm using, and do I take that with a meal? Uh, yes. Yeah, so if you've never taken the oil straight before, it's probably best to take it with perhaps breakfast. But a lot of people put it in their coffee, especially the MC2 coconut oil, to get your paleo coffee. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, I mean, things, things that C60 does, it, uh, it increases, the best thing, it increases mitochondria efficiency and ATP production, and also protects neurotransmitters from oxidative stress, enhances uh, hormone production, 
basically any cells in your body that have a lot of mitochondria, like the nerve cells, the cells, the endocrine system, the muscle cells, C60 really enhances uh, performance in those, in those tissues and organs. Our guest is Ken Schwartz, who is the uh, CEO of a group called uh, C60 Purple Power, which uses the carbon-60, uh, which was discovered in 1985, and the scientists who discovered it uh, were awarded the Nobel Prize in Chemistry uh, in 1996. Now, Ken, uh, who is using the C60? What are the benefits uh, that we can talk about on the air? Oh, well, the one, my benefit that I can, from my personal experience is after the research was over, I kept using C60 because, like, for instance, my afternoon blahs after you ate lunch, you know, you want to go take a nap, that went away. I raced motorcycles, I had, I had a lot of aches and pains, those kind of faded away. And uh, But what's most amazing is uh, seven months after I went in, after I started using C60, I went into my eye doctor, and my macular degeneration had completely disappeared. Wow, that's impressive. Wow. Wow, yeah, that's, that's impressive. Yeah, he'd never seen that before. And we've had lots of other people have that same experience. Wow. you got to remember the retina is part of the actual nervous system of the brain. Yes. And, uh, and because C60 really enhances anything with high levels of mitochondria, that's probably the reason for my amazing healing. And uh, Ken, uh, may I ask, uh, you know, how big are you and how much were you using? I'm, uh, I'm about 190 about six foot one, and uh, I was using a tablespoon a day in the morning. And the tablespoon, and you were mixing with food in the morning? You can actually just take it straight Okay. on an empty stomach. That does enhance absorption, but it takes your pancreas a, a few weeks to uh, adjust so that it doesn't digest properly. All righty, and then the C60 in the liquid form, um, uh, is it best to keep it in the refrigerator? Oh, no, you can just put it, it should be kept out of light. We also have it in amber bottles, you know, the same reason beer is in amber bottles. Mm -hmm. And no, it can just be kept in your shelf and, uh, and taken, you know, at room temperature. Now, I'm very happy that you mentioned that, you know, after about seven months, you noticed that, you know, vision was much better because there's always a time frame involved when people use supplements. So let's say you have a, a, a man or woman, say in 40s, 50s, and they just begin using the C60. In general, in your opinion, how long does it take before people think, oh, this is working for X? How, what's the time frame? Okay, first thing you'll notice is, uh, is you're going to notice an uh, increase in mental clarity, uh, energy. You'll be able to, uh, you know, you kind of get rid of that brain fog goes away. Mm -hmm. And then and after about a month, uh, you'll, uh, you'll notice an increase in, uh, because one of the things these, uh, mitochondria do is they produce they produce pregnenolone, which is the precursor molecule for the hormone. So in about a month, you're going to start noticing like an increase in hormone levels, increase in uh, virility and, and uh, energy and a whole lot of other things. And then the longer term things, if you've had a health problem for a while, it's going to take a while for it to uh, fix. And so that's what you'll notice long term health problems like, you know, my aches and pains, nerve damage, <laughs> broken bones and stuff. Right. Uh, that's just a few months longer. Right. Our guest is Ken Schwartz. The, Ken is the CEO of C60 Purple Power, and they suggest the use of what is called carbon-60, and the discoverers of carbon-60 won a Nobel Prize in chemistry for their discovery. Now, Ken, I really like, you, you just mentioned pregnanolone. So are you saying that C60 is actually a precursor to pregnanolone? No, what it does, is it, it, C60 doesn't heal, cure, or prevent disease. 
what it does, it lifts the oxidative burden that cells are under and mitochondria are under so that they can work better. C60 is characterized as an SOD superoxide dismutase mimic, which is the primary uh, antioxidant that the mitochondria uses. So when you take C60, your mitochondria return to full function. Wow, that seems important. Uh, Ken, for the listeners of Here's to Your Health, you know, where can they contact you to find out more about the uh, C60 Purple Power? Well, you can just go to c60purplepower.com, and you can uh, visit the website there. We also have a YouTube channel, C60 Purple Power YouTube channel, and you can go there and see a bunch of videos. All righty. And uh, now, on the fact that this helps with, I'll use the word, or assists pregnenolone, or do you find that, and then now racing motorbikes, that's really athletics. Do you find that the C60 Purple Power is actually good for the athlete? Oh, yeah, especially the MCT version, because MCTs are turned into ketones by your liver. Yeah, we've had some uh, mid-packers in certain sport, I won't mention, that have gone from, uh, have gone become champions in their sports with C60. Wow. Wow. And it can be used both and by men and women. It's not banned by any athletic organization, by the way. It's not banned. Okay. It's not banned. Uh, and again, so you recommend it exclusively in the liquid form. Yeah, it's, it's basically C60 only works as the, it, it, it only dissolves in oils, so we just provide healthy organic oils for it. There's really no other form of C60 uh, available for the public other than dissolved as individual molecules in an oil. All righty. So now let's say we're suggesting that a woman, uh, say in her 40s, uh, slim, uh, was to use the C60 uh, uh, purple power. What would the dosage be for that woman? I would say a teaspoon in the morning. That would be fine. All righty. And what is the largest amount that you have used and that you feel is appropriate to use? Let's say you're an athlete, you know, you're a runner, a skier, whatever whatever your sport is. And let's say a heavier guy, over 200 pounds, what's the amount you recommend? Uh, well, we've had some doctors that, uh, we have a lot of doctors actually that use our product, and uh, they, were, they experiment on themselves. We had a guy who was taking two ounces a day, mm. but uh, he, had, he had a side effect of, he, he claimed he became telepathic, <laughs> and um, okay. besides being incredible uh, health, so okay. I think he backed it down a little bit. All right. Well, that's nice. That, that seems like a very good side effect. Uh, Ken, do me yeah. a favor. We have about a minute left. Please tell the listeners of Here's to Your Health once again where they can contact you to find out more about the uh, C60 Purple Power. Well, you can just go to c60purplepower.com, and that's our website. You can explore around there. And if you have personal questions for me, just just go to support at c60purplepower.com, and I'll be happy to answer your questions. Ken, that sounds good. Do me a favor. Just tell us that once again, please. Uh, c60purplepower.com, and, and we have a YouTube channel, C60 Purple Power. And on the YouTube channel, you have various videos discussing the various uses for the uh, Carbon 60. Yes, we do. And, excuse me, do you have, do you have a patent on your extraction method for using for not using any kind of solvents? Uh, no, we actually have a uh, we have we work with another company that does that for us. We have we do have some patent pending uh, technology, but we haven't put that in yet until it's perfected. And do you feel that the carbon sixties is going to become a very well known item for the athlete? Oh yes, uh, in uh, in twenty years. C60 will, use will be ubiquitous across the planet. 
Yeah, that's impressive. A, ni- a nice new technology. Our guest has been Ken Schwartz, and Ken is the uh, CEO of C60 Purple Power, and he promotes the use of carbon-60, discovered in 1985, and the scientists who discovered carbon-60 were awarded the Nobel Prize in Chemistry. This is Josh Lange, listening to Here's to Your Health. I'm going to take a short break. We'll be right back after these important messages. Beljansky supplements and herbal teas, widely used in Europe, now the Beljansky formulas are available in the United States. Used by athletes, fashion models, the former president of France, and those in the know, Beljansky supplements and herbal teas can work for you. Call 212-308-7066. That's 212-308-7066. Visit our center in New York City. Our website is www.maisonbeljansky.com. That's www.maisonbeljansky.com. Feel better naturally. Beljansky Formulas. Medical scientists worldwide are encouraging people to eat more fish. Most American diets are low in cold water fish that are abundant in important omega-3 oils. DHA and EPA are the vital components of fish oil that provide healthy benefits. Not only are they crucial for brain and vision development, they're very important for cardiovascular health. Carlson, America's leading Norwegian fish oil brand, specializes in both great-tasting soft gels that are easy to swallow and fish oil liquids that don't taste fishy. That's right, Carlson provides the most extensive line of fish oils to meet all your needs. You can take Carlson fish oils with confidence. For Carlson fish oils are tested for purity, potency, and freshness. Ask for Carlson Norwegian Fish Oils today. That's right. Ask for Carlson Norwegian Fish Oils today. Welcome to this edition of Here's to Your Health. I'm your host, Josh Lane. A lot of people don't realize that there are an estimated 37 million adults in the United States that have chronic kidney disease. But a large percentage of those people don't know it. And our guest is uh, Dr. Adam Weinstein, and Dr. Weinstein is the Chief Medical Information Officer for DaVita Kidney Care. And frankly, it turns out to be a very important issue, and a lot of people don't realize what is, why they're not feeling well, and it could be problems with kidney. Uh, Dr. Weinstein, welcome to Here's to Your Health. Thanks, Josh. Thanks for having me. No, very happy to have you on. And this uh, month, you know, March is uh, National Kidney Month. And so it seems like a good time to discuss kidney. I guess it's always a good time. So how is it that people develop problems with their kidneys? Yeah, great question. So kidney disease actually is often the result of other illnesses. Most common are diabetes and hypertension. Um, And the problem is that most patients don't have symptoms. That is, most people don't know they have kidney dysfunction until they get blood work that's drawn by the primary care doctor or perhaps for an insurance physical, and they're told their kidneys are not working at 100%. 
do they feel pain in the lower part of the back and they think, oh, it's back pain or something? They don't realize it's, is, is, are the kidneys talking to us at any time? So actually, no, I, I laugh just because the idea of talking to the kidneys is, is kind of entertaining to me. But no, actually, the kidneys don't give out a lot of signals that you can feel, you can perceive. Um, patients who have very advanced kidney disease will, will start to feel tired or they might have swelling or something along those lines. But honestly, those are not specific symptoms for kidney disease. Really, most of our patients are not identified by a symptom, but rather by known risk factors, as well as the blood work that I mentioned before. All right. And then, so, our guest is Dr. Adam Weinstein, and he is the uh, chief medical officer, uh, chief medical information officer for DaVita Kidney Care. Uh, it turns out to be a very big problem. So, when you see patients, let's, let's say you, patients, you see patients who are diabetic, then you test them for these kidney problems, or you just assume that because they are diabetic, that they might have kidney problems. How does that work? Yeah, no, it's, it's, a great, it's a great opportunity to talk about how people are identified and managed. So um, patients with chronic diseases like diabetes and hypertension should be, as part of sort of routine physicals and other kind of routine lab work, have their kidney function monitored. It comes in sort of standard packages of lab work that many doctors do. What happens is that the primary doctor or the doctor who's done those lab tests will see the abnormal kidney function and then either choose to address it directly or refer them to a kidney specialist such as myself. When patients are referred, the first two questions we attempt to answer is, how bad or how good are the kidneys functioning and why? What are those underlying causes like diabetes, hypertension, things like that? And so really then we get into the process of how do we manage those other illnesses to keep the kidneys protected. All right. And may, let me, this is a wellness show, so we try to do preventative ideas on this broadcast. What are some of the ideas of lifestyle that people are well advised to include to protect the health of the kidneys? Yeah, well, if, if your listeners are into wellness, they're probably already engaged in a number of the things that can protect your kidneys. These are the same activities that protect your heart and your brain. So things like making sure that your weight is under good control, that you're not using tobacco products, that if you have high blood pressure, it's under good management, and if you have diabetes, your sugar is under good control. So really, all the things that protect you from, say, cardiovascular risk are the same things that protect your kidneys. In addition, patients that are on chronic, certain chronic medications can be at risk for kidney disease, and so making sure that the medications that you're on are evaluated for safety with regards to kidney function is also something that can be done. Our guest is Dr. Adam Weinstein, and he is the Chief Medical Information Officer for DaVita Kidney Care. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, an estimated 37 million adults in the U.S. have chronic kidney disease. That's, that's a lot of Americans with uh, problems with kidney. So what does DaVita Kidney Care do for us? So DaVita is, is, a, is a large organization, actually international in scope, that offers a wide variety of, of kidney treatment or kidney care options. We're probably most known for the fact that we run a, a number of what are called dialysis centers or, or freestanding facilities where patients who have very advanced kidney disease can have their blood cleaned. But we also offer a variety of other things, whether it's home dialysis options or we have uh, work or we work with nephrologists or kidney doctors to make sure that patients are aware of their kidney disease early and that we're keeping those patients from dialysis as long as possible. That is helping manage chronic kidney disease patients to stay healthy longer. 
Right. No, that seems uh, very important. Now, you also mentioned uh, at-home dialysis. Has the technology advanced to such a point where that can be done successfully by a patient at home? Absolutely. So let me, let me back up just a moment before I get into home dialysis, because I think it's important for people to understand that, you know, uh, only a small percentage of patients with chronic kidney disease end up at what is called end-stage renal disease or end-stage kidney disease. That's the place where patients' kidneys are no longer functioning appropriately and require ongoing care with either dialysis and or a transplant. There's two types of dialysis. There's the in-center or the kind of dialysis where patients go to a facility three times a week and have their blood cleaned with a machine. There's also at-home dialysis that you mentioned, and that at-home dialysis is often called peritoneal dialysis. And it's a way for patients to flexibly care for their, uh, or obtain their dialysis in the home setting. The cool thing about it is that it doesn't require anything other than equipment and training. So most patients can do peritoneal dialysis at home with maybe the assistance of a family member or just as they're trained with our dialysis nurses. It gives them a lot of flexibility and, and, and certainly a, a high quality of life. Okay, so that, that seems like an important technology. And when people do an at-home dialysis, how long does that procedure take? And is it a daily procedure? Yeah, it, it is typically a daily procedure. Um, there's, a, there's actually some subtypes of it, but I'll spare the details. Most home dialysis patients do what are called exchanges or where they cycling fluid in and out of their abdomen after there's been an appropriate surgical connection made to their abdominal space. And that, that cycling takes about, say, 30 to 40 minutes, and they do that three or four times a day, depending on what their kidney doctor has uh, determined they need for the frequency of the uh, cleaning. Wow. So, so really, a person who really has kidney disease will need to do the at-home dialysis, you said, three or even four times per day. But yeah. it, it does offer a lot of flexibility, given that you know, they can adjust the timing, and certainly um, it, it doesn't require them to go anywhere, like our dialysis units three times a week, where patients who prefer that modality are physically out of the house. And a person who's, t- who's using an at-home dialysis machine three or four times a day, is that an end-stage person? It is. So end-stage kidney disease is a place where your kidneys no longer support you being alive, and therefore you need to either be on dialysis and or get a transplanted kidney. Wow. So this all seems uh, pretty serious. Are people, are people paying attention to kidney care? Do you find that in the field, you, you are a physician. Wh- by the way, where did you go to undergraduate and graduate school for, to become a, a, a medical doctor? Yeah, so uh, I went to undergraduate at a place called Franklin and Marshall College in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and then I did all of my medical training at the University of Maryland. And are people listening now? Is it, is it, I guess you've been in this field for probably more than 20 years. Is there more understanding of kidney disease now? I, I think there is. Um, you know, it's interesting. We, we don't often go out, or I should say we as kidney doctors, don't often go out and solicit patients per se. That is, the vast majority of our patients get known to us either through a primary care physician or another type of physician, or when the patient is sick and, say, in the hospital. And, and I will say, however, our, our community of, of doctors, that is, primary care doctors and other doctors, are certainly more aware of kidney disease and the need for ongoing chronic kidney disease management than ever before. Certainly when I started in practice, it was uh, less common to have as many referrals as we do today. And... Is kidney disease 
up for any particular reason, for example, as far as lifestyle, is exposure to toxic materials like, say, pesticides an issue with problems with kidney? You know, I don't see a lot of toxic exposure as the primary problem, but yes, the, the frequency of chronic kidney disease is increasing. And that's largely because of diabetes and hypertension. And, and the way I think about it is that there's more chronically ill patients, patients that uh, stay alive longer with, say, heart disease or high cholesterol or diabetes because we're much better at managing those problems. Over time, patients with those problems do end up having damaged kidneys, which is why we see an influx of kidney disease patients. And so when you work with these patients, you know, and they get at-home dialysis or they get it at the, at the treatment centers, are there anything else, are there certain medications that uh, DeVita recommends that really help with kidney care? So there's no specific medication that protects or offers kidney function back per se. Um, a lot of the medications we use are designed to help protect hearts and brains and are often blood pressure or diabetic medications that help alter the uh, other diseases that uh, the kidneys are damaged from. Having said that, you know, really it's, it's a matter, and remember this is not the end-stage kidney patients, but this is the chronic kidney patients. It's a matter of making sure that we identify those other disease states and are working with the patient's primary care physician as well as the patient to, to get those other illnesses under as much control as possible. Yes, so in other words, as, they, as, they, as a physician who works with kidney illness, you work in conjunction with other physicians to really assist the, the, full, the whole patient. That is, and let's say a person has heart disease because they, you know, they used to smoke uh, two packs of camels a day and they have heart disease, maybe they quit now, but you can, you can help them. You're working with the, the physician who works with the, uh, the, the areas of interest in, in, in the cardiac interest, is that it? So you work with other MDs? I do, I, and it's very common for my patients to have, say, a, a group of physicians who will communicate with some degree of frequency, um, either via notes or just, you know, via conversation, to make sure that we're giving the entire patient the care they need. And you're right, sometimes it's a cardiologist, sometimes it's a primary care doctor, sometimes it's an endocrinologist, but at the end of the day, you know, we are one part of a larger, say, package of healthcare that our patients require. Now, what about the idea of a kidney transplant. Now, that seems to be a technology that is really actually kind of really achieved a certain amount of people really like it. They, the kidney transplants seem to really work. They, they absolutely work. Um, so first off, I think it's important to, again, remember that kidney transplants are for patients that have had very advancing kidney disease and are at the point where they're either requiring dialysis or they need a kidney transplant to stay alive. But for those patients, a transplant, that is end-stage patients, a transplant is absolutely the best option to maintain high-quality life. Right. Um, you know, patients that are identified as having near-end-stage kidney disease should ask their physicians and should be offered the opportunity to be evaluated for a transplant, if possible. Right. I have a good friend who had a kidney transplant, and uh, it was so successful for him and they actually left his old kidneys in and put it in new kidneys. They, cause, and it was and it was uh, it was at it was at Cedars. And uh, boy, it was really uh, it really helped him. And it was like six years ago now. He's doing remarkably well. So that's really it seems like a, a really good technology now. Uh, Dr. Weinstein, our guest is Dr. Adam Weinstein, and he is the uh, chief medical information officer for Davida Kidney Care. Where can people learn more about the work of Davida Kidney Care? Yeah, I, I recommend two websites. The first is 
our company website, which is Davita, D-A-V-I-T-A dot com forward slash C as in chronic, K as in kidney, D as in disease. That's all uppercase CKD. So Davita dot com forward slash CKD. The other is a consumer website called kidneysmart.org, and that's the word kidney and smart all together, kidneysmart.org. That uh, second website offers a lot of educational materials and actually the opportunity to sign up for classes that uh, patients with CKD can uh, obtain to learn more. All righty. Our guest is Dr. Adam Weinstein. Uh, Dr. Weinstein uh, is the Chief Medical Information Officer for DaVita Kidney Care. And as I mentioned earlier in the broadcast... Uh, an estimated 37 million adults in the U.S. have chronic kidney disease. Uh, Dr. Weinstein, what is the single takeaway? What's the most important thing that we can do to, be, to maintain our health, to maintain our kidney health? So I, I think, you know, it, it goes back to the lifestyle question that you asked, um, which is maintaining uh, adequate weight, or sorry, uh, at goal weight, making sure that your blood pressure is under good control, and if you have diabetes, making sure that's under good control. But most importantly, just having the ongoing relationship with a doctor who's monitoring you for chronic diseases. Right. Seems very important. Our guest has been Dr. Dr. Adam Weinstein, and he is the Chief Medical Information Officer for DaVita Kidney Care. And uh, this turns out to be a serious problem, and I guess there's a great deal that we can do now to help ourselves. Uh, This is Josh Lane. You're listening to Here's to Your Health. We'll take a short break. We'll be right back after these important messages. The Beljansky Foundation offers you the scientific approach to healing used successfully by Francois Mitterrand, the former president of France. The Beljansky Foundation offers you non-toxic, scientifically supported methods to regain your health. Visit the Beljansky Foundation website, www.beljansky.com. SKI.org. You'll be glad you did. That's www.beljansky.org. The Beljansky Foundation. The information is essential. The Beljansky Foundation. www.beljansky.org. The Beljansky Method. Now in America. www. Medical scientists worldwide are encouraging people to eat more fish. And most American diets are low in important omega-3 oils. Omega-3 oils are the vital components of fish that provide numerous health benefits. Carlson Elite Omega-3 Gems supply concentrated amounts of these omega-3 oils that are needed to support vision, brain function, and a healthy heart. Each great-tasting Carlson Elite Omega-3 Gem Soft Gel contains 1,250 milligrams of fish oil from deep cold water fish. That supplies a full 800 milligrams of omega-3s all in only one easy-to-swallow soft gel. You can take Carlson fish oils with confidence, for they are tested for purity, potency, and freshness by an independent FDA-registered laboratory. Ask for Carlson Elite Omega-3 Gems at your favorite natural food retailer today. Welcome to this edition of Here's to Your Health. I'm your host, 
Josh Lane. Everybody knows that vision is very important, and I'm happy to say Dr. Jeffrey Anschell is a return guest to the show, and he has a new book out called What You Must Know About Eye Strain. And that seems like an important topic since we all spend so much time working on our computers and you know working on and playing on video games and you know so we, or we're just reading uh, sometimes we have eye strain and people think oh that's just you know whatever but there's things that we need to do about that things that we, we need to be aware of to protect our eyes which are obviously so important Dr. Anshel welcome to Here's to Your Health Thank you, Josh. Good to be here. Yeah, thanks. I'm, I'm, I'm always, I enjoy it when you're on the show. I, I think the books that you write are uh, easy to read and nicely documented and uh, very helpful. What prompted you to write this new book about eye strain? Well, uh, it's something that has been coming up quite a bit lately, obviously, with the pandemic. Um, as you've stated, more people are looking at computer screens on a regular basis. And I just see more patients coming into the office complaining of having problems, uh, either headaches or, um, you know, tired eyes, dry eyes, things like that. And it seems to be increasing more with the pandemic. And there's, uh, there's a few reasons for that, I'm thinking. Number one is that they're spending more time indoors. And uh, number two, that they are staring at their screens. Um, one of the biggest issues I actually see is, is with kids and we're seeing that uh, you know there, there's more stories about there, more documentation about kids having trouble with their uh, virtual learning or distance learning, not being able to go into classrooms, and uh, they're talking about the psychological part of it, but I see it as being a visual uh, contribution because they're instead of you know looking around the room and looking and talking to their friends and doing different things at different viewing distances. They're staring at their screens for six to eight hours a day, and that is just too much. Right, right. That's not being discussed widely, and frankly, I never even heard of that until you. And that makes perfect sense. Right, they're not. I'll use the word exercising the eye muscles. They're simply just staring at a screen. Right, that seems that could be very much problematic. Wow. Exactly. Wow. And now, why exactly is it that looking at the computer screen? can be problematic for the vision. I mean, if you, if you were outside fishing, looking at the, at the pond, you know, that doesn't seem to be right. an issue. Why is it the computer screen is potentially problematic? Well, there's a couple of things. Number one, uh, the digital image is different than a uh, paper-based image. Uh, the, the letters are not quite as crisp. I mean, it, it, it's better than it used to be, let me put it that way. It's, you know, back in the uh, 80s and 90s when you know, display screens were um, poor quality, it was harder to focus on. Now, they are getting better, but at the same time, it's not necessarily the computer screen, but a lot of it is just the fact that we're keeping our, our vision locked into the same viewing distance for literally hours at a time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've had patients, I ask them, well, how many hours a day are you on a computer? And I had one patient who said 18. Wow. And I just almost knocked me off my chair. Uh, but he was a programmer, and that's how they made their living. And they're having to do all this work on their screens. And more and more jobs are depending on, you know, display images. So, again, we're looking at that same, you know, two-dimensional uh, flat screen for more and more time. And then there's lighting issues and uh, some, you know, posture issues. 
depending on what kind of screen they're looking at. Uh, again, back in the day when I was first getting into this, I would just ask someone, again, how many hours a day on a computer? And most of the time they were just staring at a desktop uh, computer display. Well, now it's uh, iPads or some kind of tablet or a cell phone or you know something else. So they're in a lot of different viewing environments, you know, different lighting, different distances. So there's a lot more factors that are involved in this these days. Right, right, and as I guess as more and more of us uh, are dependent for work and also for fun, you know, I guess we, we like we like working on the computer, we like uh, looking on the screen. Now, right. what can we do to to still you know work on the computer? But what can we do to protect ourselves? Uh, because obviously, this seems very important. Our guest, by the way, Jeffrey Anshell, in case you're just joining us, is Jeffrey Anshell, and he has been a return guest of the show. Has a new book out called. What You Must Know About Eye Strain, uh, newly released by Square One Publishers. They send me a lot of really good authors. I really like their books. So what can we do if we already know, listen, I'm working on the computer. I This is what I do for my profession. What can I do to protect myself? Well, you know, I, I was asked, I've been asked that question a lot. And what I came up with uh, was in doing the research and studies, I read it one time that Taking shorter, more frequent breaks was better than a longer, um, less frequent break. So I started thinking about it and realized that, you know, people can relate to eye doctors in 2020. Now, those are the magic numbers, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody wants to see 2020. And I'm thinking, all right, if you want people to take breaks, well, why don't we have people looking... Uh, at their screen for maybe just 20 minutes at a time and then every 20 minutes take a break but it only needs to be a 20 second break and when they're taking that break it does need to be a visual break which means they shouldn't be doing anything up close so they should be looking far away and where we test people is at a viewing distance of 20 feet which is where the 2020 comes from Oh, so I put it together and I said well why don't we follow a 2020 rule and every 20 minutes take just 20 seconds and look 20 feet away well that seems very doable doesn't it that's that seems like a good exactly. idea yeah and that, and that was my point I needed something that number one you know I was, I was talking to uh, office managers and you know you didn't want their employees taking long breaks and getting away from their work so I think it was a good balance and a combination of being able to see the screen, do your work, and still be able to take breaks that, you know, give you that 20 seconds to think about what you've been doing and what your work is or what you've been reading and try to process that information. Or they can close their eyes instead of looking 20 feet away as well. Okay, right, right, also also valuable. Uh, sure. Our guest is Dr. Jeffrey Anschel, uh, uh, the author of a new book called What You Must Know About Eye Strain. And he has other books on, on vision health as well, and he's been a guest before on the show. Now, why do some people get dry and irritated eyes? Uh, well, that um, can be a couple of factors. Um, you know, and this is a big one on computer screen, particularly, is that we don't blink. Hmm. And we've had, there's been actual studies that show we blink about one-third of our normal, normal blink rate when we look at a computer screen versus um, reading a book or just looking far away. So um, 
I think the the main study that came up actually way back in the 90s was uh, our normal bleak rate was about 20 to 22 times a minute, and we're reading a book, it goes down to 10 times a minute, and looking at a computer screen, it was only seven times a minute. So for some reason, we're not, you know, blinking enough when we look at a computer screen, and so our eyes will tend to dry out. Now, some people have what we call dry eye disease, and that is a lack of, uh, either a lack of tears in their eyes or the fact that the tears they have are breaking up and, and evaporating too quickly. But for whatever the reason is, they just experience dry eyes. They need to blink a lot to keep refreshing the tears, and that's that's a problem. Now, we are finding that more frequently, um, again, during the pandemic and more in, in younger ages, mostly because of the computer screens. Uh, typically, the number one demographic for dry eyes is women over 40 mm-hmm. because there are hormone receptors on the tear glands, and as the hormones start changing, they don't uh, tear uh, regularly. But again, we're seeing it more and more in younger children and uh, computer users. And uh, when when people do get dry eye, are so that doesn't normally just happen. I mean, it's not so much an aging thing. Is it? Is it a medication thing? Do do is it really largely caused by medications causing dry eye, or does cigarette smoking cause dry eye? I mean, are there any things that they found are causative? Yes. Um, actually, when I um, was giving my lectures on dry eyes, I would uh, start listening to the different things that can cause dry eyes, and I came up with um, everything. <laughs> right, right. Okay. It's almost everything Everything can cause dry eyes. Um, right, you know, your environment, uh, being living in the desert, uh, being in an airplane, air conditioning, um, things you're eating, um, just medications you're taking just and again you know computer use or how how your environment is so um there are medications you know you, if you're taking some medication like for example allergies is a big one because the anti-allergy medications uh try to dry up the the tissues to keep your um, sinuses from swelling up but it's the same tissue that covers the eye and of course, you're going to get dry eyes if you take allergy medications. Oh. So that's just one example of, of you know medications. There are actually um, dry eye medications that are out there, a few of them. But I typically treat dry eyes with uh, supplements, nutritional supplements, yeah, that are uh, that are available. And uh, uh, our guest is Dr. Jeffrey Ansel. has a new book out called What You Must Know About Eye Strain. So what supplements are you using or have you used successfully for vision issues? Well, there's several. Again, it depends on the, um, you're talking about vision issues in general. There are some supplements that uh, are good for um, retina problems, you know, as far as, disorders like macular degeneration or things like that. Um, and there's also supplements for dry eyes. There's, you know, there's a lot, you know, you don't just go to a drugstore or vitamin store and looking and trying to find them. It's very confusing. So what I prefer to do is tell people, talk to your eye doctor and ask them, you know, about different supplements that are available. Uh, there are some that are uh, over the counter. Most are over the counter, but there are some that are actually distributed through eye doctors only, um, and they tend to be the most effective ones. 
So, um, again, I, I would suggest just having people talk to their eye doctor, asking them about supplements that would be good for different disorders and get their recommendations. Fine. Just talking to uh, eye doctors and teaching them more about um, the supplements and the nutritional support for eye health, which is why I started the Ocular Nutrition Society. Right. Right. Nutrition is, it seems important. But I do remember uh, when I was a teenage boy, there was a lot of jokes made about drinking carrot juice was good for vision. And people maybe embraced that in the 60s and the 70s. I don't see that being discussed much anymore. Is indeed veg, fresh vegetable juice like fresh carrot juice, is that good for vision in your opinion? Well, let me first start by saying carrots are good for you. Okay, good. Uh, because I don't want people in the carrot industry to be upset. Right. However... Uh, drinking a lot of carrot juice is not going to make your eyesight any better. Um, now, the rationale, there is a rationale behind that, you know, what your mom told you about eating carrots. Mm -hmm. Because uh, carrots have beta carotene, and beta carotene is a molecule that uh, will transform uh, into vitamin A in the body. And the molecule in the retina that turns light energy into nerve impulse is vitamin A. So it sounds logical if you get drink a lot of carrot juice or eat carrots, um, it'll turn into vitamin A in the body and you'll have more vitamin A and your retina will have enough and then transmit better impulses to your brain. Well, it doesn't quite work that way uh, because your body knows how much vitamin A you need and it stores it in the liver and if you have enough vitamin A in your liver, you'll have enough vitamin A in your eyes. And it also will not change, a, a let's say, a glasses prescription. In other words, if you're nearsighted, farsighted, stigmatism, or anything like that, that won't be affected by drinking more carrot juice or taking any uh, nutrients that we know of. All right. So, there, go ahead. No, no, I was, so I was just wondering, uh, so carrot juice tastes good, it's probably a better beverage than other things, but it really, if you, if you take more beta carotene than the body needs, you said there's no additional benefit. Right. Now, however, there are things that you can take, um, which is, uh, that have the other molecules, which is lutein and zeaxanthin, and these uh, are in uh, leafy green vegetables, and these uh, molecules go directly to the retina, and they, these are the ones that block off the blue light. And they do it internally, which is where it, it works the best. And it's also in the brain as well. So these are the things that are important for the brain and the eyes. It, and now that I mentioned blue light, we're talking about eye strain. Um, that's a huge issue that people do come up with quite a bit these days. And honestly, they talk about three things with blue light. Um, it affects your sleep, it causes eye strain, or potentially damages the retina. Um, the only one of those that I see that has valid science to it is that affects your sleep. So you don't really want to be looking at your iPad, um, you know, within two hours before going to sleep. That's that's a better you know thing to do. Uh, but as far as the eye strain issues go. Uh, it's more the fact that we are looking up close for those long periods of time without taking the break. And as far as the uh, retinal diseases, um, yes, blue light is the highest energy light reaching the retina. But, um, you know, we've had macular degeneration a long time before we had computers. 
So the amount of blue light coming out of the computer screen is not really enough to cause significant damage. Right. Our guest has been Dr. Jeffrey Anshel, a return guest to the show, and Jeffrey has a new book out called What You Must Know About Eye Strain, uh, published by Square One Publishers. They have some very good wellness uh, authors. Again, the book is called What You Must Know About Eye Strain by Dr. Jeffrey Anshel. A very good book, uh, always a good uh, discussion with uh, Dr. Anshel. This is Josh Lane. You're listening to Here's to Your Health. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back after these important messages. The latest from the greatest, the best in new music by classic rockers, with your host, the insane Daryl Wayne. This is Alice Cooper, and if Daryl Wayne is insane, what does that make me criminally insane? Stick around to find out. Many of the artist interviews for the latest from the greatest have been captured on audiobook. There is a volume one and volume two. Great information and conversations with people in the industry and people surrounded by the industry, and of course, the rock stars themselves. I'm the Reverend Al Green, and you're listening to the insane Daryl Wayne. And I said, Wayne Insane. You can find it on Amazon or Blackstone Audio. Search for the latest from the greatest from Daryl Wayne, D-A-R-R-E-L-L-W-A-Y-N-E. Hello, this is Weird Al Yankovic, and you're listening to the insane Daryl Wayne, aren't you? Thank you for tuning in to this edition of Here's to Your Health with Joshua Lane. If you have any questions about the guests or topics discussed tonight, please give us a call at 818-707-0005. That number is 818-707-0005. This is Josh Lane. On behalf of the cast and crew, I would like to wish you a healthy and safe good evening.